The following sermon is brought to you by New Covenant Community Church, a Bible-based church located on Route 62 east of Johnstown, Ohio. To learn about New Covenant Community Church, visit www.new-covenant.org. Again, that is new-covenant.org. Now, enjoy the message. Please be taking your Bibles to Revelation, the 21st chapter. Revelation is an easy book to find. It's at the very, very end, and we'll be finding chapter 21. Uh, Today's message will be the last in our series titled End Times in Our Time. And as we go through this, I'll be referencing some illustrations that we've used in the past as we bring this all together and tie it all in. And next week, one week from today, I do plan to preach a message dealing with with the biblical topics that are involved with this upcoming election. So I certainly hope if you are hearing this either presently or whether you are joining us by live stream right now, I certainly hope that you'd be a part of that day, Uh, especially if you are weighing whether or not to make this a church home. Uh, Revelation chapter 21, verse 1. It says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people. God Himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then He who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And He said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And He said to me, It is done! I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to those who thirst. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God and he shall be my son. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. If you believe that this is the word of the Lord, say yes. So we have gone through in this series, this topic series, this end times in our time, we have gone through the key events of the things to come, the revelation of Jesus Christ. We have have gone through the key events, the rapture of the church. We've covered that. The Antichrist and the tribulation, that time period, we've gone over the details of that. Uh, Jesus' complete victory over the Antichrist and all of the working of Satan during that time. We've seen that. We've seen the believers coming out of the tribulation. We've seen that key piece. We've seen the millennial reign of Christ, the thousand-year period in which Christ will return to rule with the rod of iron, and there will be many saints, many Christians, many believers who He will appoint and set over different areas of the world at that time. Now, there are two other key events that I'm not going to preach on in length, and they are the two events that happened immediately after, immediately following the millennial reign. And these two key events are the satanic rebellion 
and the great white throne judgment. And now you can read of these in the latter half of Revelation 20, but they're very simple. It doesn't give us a whole lot of details. It's very, very clear what will happen. Very short pieces of Scripture. It tells us that at the end of a thousand years of Christ reigning on the earth, that Satan will then be loosed from the kind of prison that he had been in, that the angel had locked him in with this seal over this some kind of door where he could no longer deceive the nations for this thousand year time, at the end of which he'll be released to deceive the nations one more time. And the Bible is very clear. It says that he will deceive many people. They will then surround Jerusalem, and by the word of God, fire will come down and consume them and be cast into the lake of fire. Now immediately following that, we have the great white throne judgment, another key piece to this. And the traditional interpretation and understanding is that it is then at the great white throne judgment that all unbelievers will then be brought to this moment of all the people that have died, that died in the absence of Christ. They'll be brought to this great white throne judgment. Books are going to be opened and they'll be judged according to the Word of God. And again, you can read of those. They're very simple, very quick mention of them in Scripture. And we've been saying that all of these things, all of these key areas, we have likened them to a blueprint that a construction worker might use when they're building a house. And when we step back from this blueprint, much in the same way that a builder looks at the blueprint, and he doesn't have the exact idea, perhaps the color of something isn't yet picked out, but he knows what the height of the building will be. He knows the pitch of the roof, the square footage, so on and so forth. And much in the same way, you and I can step back from the blueprint, which is the Word of God, and we can see some things that we know for certain. We may not see all the intricacies and know everything that will happen, but we see the key pieces. We see the absolute victory of God. Amen? We see the great care that God has for the believer. We see God's unfailing faithfulness. We see these things that we, I mean, we, we hang our hats on the peg of knowing that, that God has these particular pieces that He's made clear to us, that He has those things within His control. Now, the problem that a builder might have when they're building a home is that from the very moment that they lay the foundation that concrete foundation begins the process of aging that concrete that is initially very strong begins the process from the moment it dries it begins the process of becoming brittle and we've all seen old brittle cracked foundations of a building the very moment that the construction builder sets up the frame even if it's freshly cut wood and he sets up the frame the very moment that the last nail is driven into the frame of that home the wood begins the rotting process slowly but it begins the rotting process when the siding is put up on the side of the house as the house is nearing the completion project the uv rays from the sun will begin to dry rot those pieces of siding and it will begin to make them brittle the roof will have organic material leaves and sticks and things that come off of the trees and and it will begin the rotting process rendering the roof such that it will leak eventually now that's the problem that a builder we have now we have a similar problem in our world today we know that the earth everyone say the word earth the earth is cursed we know this from genesis chapter 3 we know of earthquakes and tornadoes and fires and tsunamis and some might say that this is climate change i would say that this is absolutely a part of the word of god in genesis three seventeen. When God is addressing Adam and Eve after, after they have sinned, God says, Cursed is the ground. Everyone say ground. Cursed is the ground for your sake. And toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. And you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat your bread. 
So the picture that we have here, church, is that even in this church age, which we're in right now, through the coming of Christ, through the millennial reign, the tribulation for sure, the millennial reign, and, e- and even during that time of Christ reigning on earth, that the curse of Genesis 3 is still on the earth, that the earth is indeed cursed. And it won't just be the earth that is cursed that we experience in our world today, but it's our humanness and our spirituality, our relationship with God as well. In Genesis 3.16, God says to Eve, He says, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. And we know that this is not just applying to women, but this curse is for all mankind. We have trouble in our bodies. There's trouble in the earth. And there's trouble in our bodies. Cancer and disease and dysfunction. We all have that men and women alike. There's trouble in our, in our humanness, in our human condition. There's a curse that's come off of that. And that's also the case for our relationship with God, our spiritual being as well. In Genesis 3.15 God says to the devil, it says, and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. And we see the effects of this. We see this separation from God, that Genesis account of them being cast out of the garden, no longer walking with God in the cool of the day in the garden like they used to. This separation that happened, this cursedness in our spiritual relationship of the true us with God Himself. We see this effect of sin everywhere, that there's going to be this this challenge against the devil and against the offspring of humankind we see this worldwide and all of the sin we, we go on our social media and any way that you see news you see the worldwide sin we experience the personal temptations that we have in our own life this very day we experience that brokenness the curse in the world in our humanness and in our relationship our spirituality as well so here's the picture even after the church age which we're in the rapture The Antichrist, the tribulation, the defeat of the Antichrist, the millennial reign, even through and during the last rebellion of Satan, which is crushed in the great white throne judgment. The curse of Genesis 3 is still upon the earth. It's still upon humans. And it's still upon our spirituality, our relationship with God. So goes the house that begins to rot the moment that it was set in place. So goes the condition of the earth, of us, and our spiritual condition. Until, everyone shout the word until, until Revelation 21, which he says in verse 1, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no more sea. We've talked about this before in the, earth, in the, in the cursed condition of the earth, and we have likened it to a tractor that's running out of gas, if you remember that illustration. That growing up on the farm, we would go out there to bush hog the horse pastures and, and, and you never knew how much. It didn't have a gas gauge, so you never knew how much gas was in there. And, and, it, and once it started to sputter, you never knew how much longer it was going to have until it completely ran out. So you tried to make it back to the barn to get more gas. But, but, but it was, you knew that it was sputtering. You knew it was beginning to run out of gas when you heard the sputtering. And we've heard the sputtering in our world. We, we see the brokenness all around us and the things that the earth make of the brokenness and the fires and earthquakes and mudslides and erosion and all the things that the earth is is showing us the genesis 3 account of the curse but in this new heaven and earth that john saw coming out of heaven there are some things of this earth that will not be part of that new earth that new heaven tornadoes will not be part of it earthquakes tsunamis storms flooding fires thorns and thistles and all of us in ohio say amen 
Poison ivy, praise God, hallelujah. Burrs sticking to your clothing when you walk through the woods in the fall time if you like hunting like I do. Erosion, all the things that happen in our world today, all earthly elements, this is for point number one, you can write down all earthly elements resembling the curse will be no more. They will be no more, church. If you've ever seen fires and earthquakes and mudslides really aren't as popular here in Ohio as tornadoes are, but if you've ever seen a tornado, a, a, a town, a street that's just been ripped to shreds, by a tornado it's the it's the it's the cursed condition of the earth that's what it is that's what god's word explains that that is in this new heaven and new earth those things will be no more all earthly elements resembling the curse will be no more gone will be the day's church of excessive heat and cold that feeling if you worked outside in extreme heat where you're vision starts to blur and you're dehydrated and it's just so hot. I mean, how many times in here in Ohio you, sh- you go somewhere to the store and you come back in your car and your car's like a thousand degrees? Gone will be those days of that excessive heat. Gone will be the days if you've worked outside for hours shoveling snow and your hands are so cold and, and, and it, that, that feeling of when you start to warm your hands back up and they get really painful. Raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. That's that horrible feeling of excessive cold. It will be gone. That will be no more and the new heaven and new earth. All earthly elements resembling the curse will be gone. And if you're thankful for that, say yes. Now I'm looking forward to that. So the house will be built, church. When God brings this new heaven and new earth, the foundation will be laid and it will never become brittle. The frame will be built and it will never begin to rot. The siding will be set up and it will never become brittle underneath the UV rays of the sun. The roof will be set in place and it will never begin to rot. Those things will be gone. And this is noted all throughout Scripture, but particularly in 2 Peter 3, it says something of this old earth going away, and it also says something about what we ought to do today based on the knowledge and the understanding, the truth that God says that this heaven and this earth will at one point be no more. It will be gone, and a new one will come. Here's what it says in verse 11. It says, Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, according to His promise, we look for the new heavens and the new earth in which righteousness dwells. So the question posed here is, how ought we to live? Knowing that this earth that we're in, this heavens, the new heaven and the new earth that will come, that God will create, knowing that one we're residing in now will be gone. It will be no more in the things of it. The curse, the original curse that started in Genesis chapter 3 will be gone. How ought we to live? How ought we to live, church, knowing that the cars that we drove this morning will someday burn? Knowing that the house that we live in will someday burn? That the woods that you enjoy walking through will someday burn? The store you enjoy shopping at? This church building, this church property, the elements themselves will melt with fervent heat, God's Word says. How ought we to live knowing that this world is not our home? I was gone last week, as you know, I was up in northern Minnesota fishing, and the week prior to leaving, I had to get some of my gear ready. It had been a while since I had my tent out and some of those things, and and the last time I had it out, I knew that my tent was in pretty poor repair, so I got it out to to seal the, the seams, and, and, and as I'm setting it up, I noticed that there was a hole in the top of it. One of the times I've been out camping, some ember from the campfires come and drop right on the top of the tent, and there was this tiny little hole onto it. And uh, so what I did was I took uh, two pieces of duct tape, and in Kentucky they call that Kentucky chrome, but I, one hand on the inside, and 
flattened it together into one piece on the inside, piece on the outside, and, and I called it good. And I got my can of sealant stuff from Walmart, and I sprayed the seals and made sure I wasn't going to get wet on this trip, which was good because it rained every day that I was out camping, and, and it was a good thing that I did. So, but what's the point here? It's remember that what we're living in church is just a tent. Take care of it, yes. Do I think we should take care of the earth? Yes. I, I don't think we should do things that are un duly bad for the earth. I don't think that when you change the oil in your car, you ought to go just dump it in the creek. I mean, you know, we ought to be responsible. God has given us dominion over, over this earth. We ought to hack like we've got some sense about us. But it's not going to be something that I'm going to make my whole thing of, of, an, of making sure this earth is good for a thousand more. That's not, that's not what God has called us to do. It's a tent. It will someday burn. So be responsible. Yes, certainly. God has given us dominion over it. But don't let the holes in life bother you too much. If there's ever been a job or an income level or a relationship or places that you haven't yet traveled, I, I certainly think God has given us the ability to strive after greatness and to do good work. And, and the Word of God tells us that we ought to work as if unto the Lord. We ought to do what we do with excellence. I mean, in everything we do, we ought to do that. But we ought to also remember that we're caring for a tent. We're living in a tent that these things will melt with fervent heat someday. How ought we to live? Don't let the holes in life bother you too much. Don't let the holes in the tent bother you too much. Don't, don't think that you've got to make the whole thing new. It's okay to stick some duct tape on it and move forward marching faithfully for the Lord Jesus Christ. All earthly elements resembling the curse will be no more. Now if you would please look to Revelation 21 and verse 2. It says, Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a, as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a, vo a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and He will dwell with them, and they shall be His people, and God Himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed Away. Man, if you love the words, words, and these promises, this power of Jesus, everyone say hallelujah. Verse 5, Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. So the next point, all humanly elements resembling the curse will be no more. All earthly elements that we've experienced, they will be no more. And all humanly elements resembling the curse will be no more. All the things that sin has infected, that it causes, heartbreak, regret, doubt, sadness, sorrow, and depression, disease, aging, pain, and death, those things will be gone. They'll be completely gone. Don't ever forget, church, when you're reading the Word of God and it's convicting you and it's changing you, which you ought to be throughout the week, not just on Sunday, don't forget the whole picture that the original tent was the Garden of Eden, walking with God in the cool of the day seeing Him face to face, all things bare before His eyes, being in the absolute presence of God in this perfect harmony and union. And when this new Jerusalem comes, when, this, when we get past all of this earth and, and all of its mess, and, it's, and we finally get to the point when it's, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, it will be restored back to the way that it ought to have been. The great preacher Adrian Rogers once said that man has three problems. Sin, sorrow, and death. And can I just tell you, church, that there is coming a day when sin, sorrow, and death will be remembered no more. All humanly elements resembling the curse will be no more. The cancer patient on that day will remember their cancer no more. 
The veteran will remember war no more. The rape victim will remember their pains no more. The broken heart will break no more. The one who struggles in sin and temptation will struggle in those things no more. The things that cause us tears, God Himself, the Bible say, says will wipe away. And not just like we continually come to Him with our tears that He then wipes away like we do for our children. It's a once and for all kind of thing. He will do it once and for all. All humanly elements resembling the curse will be no more. If you're following along, everyone say amen. You know, when Daisy gets hurt, I mean, when she cries, sometimes she's just fussing. I mean, she has, needs nothing in the world, and she'll just be fussing, and I'm like, just hush and go take a nap. You know, we, we don't want her to be too spoiled. But, but when she really gets hurt, and if you're a parent, you know the difference in your child's cry between they're fussing and they're really hurt. And when Daisy falls down and she really gets hurt, man, that's when I get to come to the rescue. I swoop her up, and I'm covering her in kisses, and I'm holding her, and and she just will sometimes just snuggle in so tight. And, and I just love that as her dad, just to be able to just hold her until she's comforted and until what happens to her is his passing. Can I just say, church, that I'm looking forward to my own Heavenly Father doing that for me. I'm looking forward to the behold, the tabernacle of God is with man. I'm ready for my tears to be wiped away once and for all. I'm ready for this human experience to be untouched by sin. I'm ready to never have to preach the funeral of another heroin addict. I'm ready to never have to preach another funeral ever again. That's going to be great. I'm, I'm looking forward to never having to hold the hand of as, a, as a believer's body dies. I'm looking forward, church, to never having to dig deep in my own faith to fight temptation, which does sometimes win against me. I'm looking forward to Isaiah 65, 17, for, which says, For behold, I create the new heavens and the new earth. And the former shall not be remembered or come to mind. Boy, am I looking forward to that. If you are too, say amen. All earthly elements resembling the curse will be no more. And all human elements resembling the curse will be no more. And lastly, in our last, last point today that I'll give you now, all spiritual elements resembling the curse will be no more. Revelation 21, that we're now in verse 6. And it says, and he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in a lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Church, when all of this comes to pass, all spiritual elements resembling the curse will be gone. In the Garden of Eden, there was something that broke. There was something beautiful that broke. It was wonderful that, that Adam could walk with God in the garden in the cool of the day. They were with Him. The commands that God gave them was from His very lips. They got to see Him express the words to give them their commands and what it was they were to do. And they obeyed and they were in this harmonious relationship until sin infected everything. And we see this brokenness all around us. Listen to me, church. A relationship with God was what people had in a, in a, in a different way than we have now. They were with Him. Their eyes saw Him. That was broken in the Garden of Eden. They got, they got kicked out. That, that peace was... They were exiled from the Garden. But even, even in man's sin, we see that in Genesis 3.15 part B, it gives the very first prophecy of Jesus ever recorded in the Bible. And it says, He, Jesus, just as God speaking to the devil, He says, He, Jesus, shall bruise your head and you shall bruise 
His heel. In other words, the devil's going to inflict upon Jesus and upon humankind a non-fatal blow. A non-fatal blow. But Jesus will come and produce the fatal blow to the working of Satan. The fatal blow to the thing in the garden that broke that sweet and special communion. Yes, we know God. We know Jesus is our Savior. We, we have His Word. Praise God for that. We have His Holy Spirit residing in us. But, but I want to see Him. I want to walk with Him like Adam did. It's different now. There's, there's a difference. God is, he's, already done, he's already done the work for salvation. That piece has already been done. But I'm looking forward to the day of the new heaven and the new earth. When all earthly elements resembling the curse will be no more. And all these humanly elements will be no more. All these spiritual separation from God having to exercise this faith and, and reading God's word. We'll be right there with Him. I'm looking forward to that day. So church, when all of these things have come to pass, when all that have walked through the gate called Christ that will, when God accomplishes all that He intends to accomplish in this earth, this current condition, it melts. The elements will melt with a fervent heat. And God brings about this new heaven and this new earth. The circle is going to be completed. So see the large picture of what God is saying through His Word. This circle will be completed of getting back with God in the way that they were in the garden prior to sin. Those, the things that came about, the brokenness, they will be no more. They will be remembered no more. If you're following along, say amen. I'm ready for that church. I'm very excited about that day. I'm looking forward to you know, I pray. I pray all the time. But I'm really looking forward to being able to speak to Him face to face. I'm ready to walk with Him in the cool of the day. I'm ready for my job and my purposes in life, not having to be this process of praying. Certain things we know they are His will for sure, but, but praying about things that are hard to discern in Scripture, sometimes I'm, I'm ready to hear and to see his, see his mouth moving as He's speaking to me and giving me my, my commands. I'm ready to drink to the full of the fountain of the water of life. I'm ready for all these spiritual elements, the separation from God, this curse. I'm ready for that to be remembered. No, I'm ready for the job of preaching to never be needed again. Some of your jobs, the things that you do, perhaps some of those will be used in the millennial reign and perhaps in the new heaven and the new earth. There's coming a day when I will be able to hang it up forever. I will never have to preach another sermon. My job, the job of the preacher will go away. And I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to not being a preacher. But I love you all. So... You hear what I'm saying? I'm, I'm looking forward to that job. I'm looking forward to sin no longer being in the midst of God's people within and without. I'm ready for that day, church. And I hope you're looking forward to it. Don't, in, the, in the God's Word, remember the whole picture. Remember what God is bringing us back to. Remember that when something was broken in the Garden of Eden, that, that, the, that the cure was set in motion, the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. What a merciful, what a great God. He doesn't have to want to be with us, but He's he set this thing in motion, this gospel in motion, such that, that we could turn and repent and be back to the way it was before sin. And listen to me. If you've, if you've blocked me out this whole time, listen to me close. Sin will be eradicated in this new heaven and new earth. And God tells us that there are one of two ways that He will do it. There are two ways, but for each individual person it will happen in one of two ways that your sin will be eradicated in the new heaven and new earth. One way is that the person, the creation of God, because of their rebellion, because of their willful disobedience against God and their rejection of who God is and what God has done, they will be cast into a lake of fire. A lake of fire which was not even intended for these people. It was intended for the devil and his angels. 
But God will eradicate sin that way. He will do it. He will do it for many people. That is the way that most people, will be, their sin will be eradicated from this new heaven and new earth because God is getting back to the Garden of Eden. He will do it. Be not deceived, church. He will accomplish what He said He will accomplish. And what He said He's going to do is to get back to the Garden of Eden type of relationship with His human creation. And with a lake of fire is one way that He will do it. The other way that He will do it, church, is through the blood-bought sacrifice of the Lord God, Jesus Christ Himself. And that is intended for you. Say amen if you believe that. That is a way that, that the sin can be eradicated from you. John six thirty seven says, All that the Father gives me, Jesus says, will come to me. And the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. It's certain, in other words. Both ways are already set in motion. It is certain that the way that God intends to eradicate sin will happen. And God has called me to preach this truth that, man, come, come, to, the, come to the one way that He may come to the Genesis 3.15 part B. Devil, you've done this thing. You've deceived them because of their sin. It's going to break this beautiful thing that's here. But because you've done this, there's coming one who you will bruise the heel of, but there's coming one who will bruise your head. He will inflict on you a fatal blow. I'll bring back this Garden of Eden situation where I'm walking with my human creation. What a love God, that God has for us. What amazing love that God would do. He doesn't have to do any of that, but He does. And He'll do it His way. He'll eradicate sin in those two ways. And I, I plead with you to come to Jesus. Let your sin be eradicated from this whole plan of redemptive history through the blood, bought, purchased price of the cross of Calvary by Jesus Christ Himself. If you're with me, say yes. In the new heaven and new earth, all earthly elements... Resembling the curse will be no more. No more earthquakes. No more tornadoes. This tractor sputtering world spinning out of control. No, no more of that. We won't even remember those things. Cancer and death and decay. and We won't remember that anymore. No, no more leaks in the roof. No more, no more failing of this body. Those things will be remembered no more. God will be with them. He'll comfort them. The tears will be wiped away once and for all. And all spiritual elements. This church age in which we're in, which we read of God's Word and His Holy Spirit is in us and encourage us. Yes, it's wonderful. It's wonderful what God has done, but, but I'm looking forward to getting back before there was sin. I'm looking forward to that moment where I don't have to fight temptation anymore. Where I don't have to, I don't have to keep exercising my faith and sometimes failing. I'm looking forward to that day when all spiritual elements resembling the curse will be no more. Brian and KJ, we can come to the music at this point, and I'll ask the rest of you to stand with me. How will your sin be eradicated? God has His plan. He's made it plain. And it's set in motion. And it's a wonderful, wonderful, sweet truth that a God who does not have to do any of this, He doesn't owe us any of those things, has made it such that someday we'll be able to walk with Him walk with Him. We'll walk with Him like Adam and Eve did. And if you love and trust Jesus, you turn from your sin. If you repent, your sin will be eradicated. Not by your own doing, but by the free gift of grace that Jesus gives us on the cross when we turn and trust in Him. And I invite you to do that at any moment. Let's pray. Father in Heaven, thank You for this thank You for this series that we've had making certain the things that were maybe fuzzy in our minds, in our hearts. 
God, all we've ever needed is You. All we need right now is You. Your plan is certain, God. You have, you have absolutely already told the story. You've already told the story that we're marching into. Blind our hearts not from it, I pray, God. To see that what we're marching into, that sin will not be a part of it. The devil and his demons will not be a part of it. The destruction that they have caused will not be a part of it. My rebellious heart will not be a part of it. And the reason that it won't be a part of it is because of your Son. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for that, God. My God, we could never earn that. God, I pray that for each person that walks in this building, that their, the, the eyes of their heart would see clearly, God. Would you, would you make us a people about the business of showing them that the sin must be eradicated at the cross? At the cross. In Jesus' name, we all say together, you're welcome to come and pray at any time.